So I heard this story, I just love this story, um, where this um, a, a doctor, she's a, I, she's a doctor, a resident in Baltimore, um, she's working this, um, um, I guess, emergency room. And when you're a resident, I guess you work a bazillion hours per day, you're constantly exhausted. And this teenage girl, 16-year-old girl, um, had, it was her birthday and she got a new car. And she just wanted to go to the Dairy Queen, just drive her car, except she took the turn too fast and went off the edge. And the car crashed. And she can't, comes to the hospital, and I guess medically, all these things are wrong with her. Like she, um, she had to be intubated at the scene, but her lungs are damaged. She had five major problems, her lungs, uh, her liver had a huge, like, you can't live without a liver. It's literally in the name, liver. Um, <laughs> multiple broken bones, uh, head trauma. So just set this terrible situation. All these things are going wrong, and she has to go out to the waiting room and talk to the family, but, like, it's not looking hopeful at all. All five things are trying to kill her, and... There's no real great hope there. So she wants to give him some hope, even if it's false hope. So she decides, well, she'll say, you know, well, you know, she's 16, so at least she's resilient. But really, the doctor said, I really didn't think she was going to make it. She made it through one surgery. She had multiple surgeries to go through. And um, anyhow, when she talks to the family, the family just are sobbing. And she turns around to leave, and all of a sudden, the sobbing stops. So the doctor stops, because she's curious, why did they suddenly stop? And the mother points to her scrubs and says, it's going to be all right. She's going to make it. And she's pointing you to her scrubs. like She has a regular uh, hospital scrubs on, but her pants are actually from her medical school, which is in Savannah, Georgia, or Savannah, wherever that is. I don't know. Um, East Coast. But anyhow, um, she points to the, her uh, pants because across the rear end is the university in Savannah. And um, she said, oh, it's going to be all right. Just because my daughter's name is Savannah. And she says, I know she's going to make it now. And so the doctor thinks, well, that's kind of crazy. But if my rear end can give somebody hope, <laughs> um, okay. Um, so anyhow, it turns out after multiple surgeries, Savannah does make it. But before each surgery, um, uh, the doctor, even though she was anesthetized and intubated, the doctor would talk to her and tell her what's going to go on. And that sounds kind of strange, but I have a friend who's a doctor and a surgeon, and he too sometimes talks to the patient. And he swears that they can hear. Um, anyhow. So she talks to Savannah uh, before every surgery, you know, encouraging her, telling her what's going to happen, and then later gets rotated out, and she's somewhere, and she's talking to somebody, and then all of a sudden, this teenage girl comes up to her and says, hey, and she pulls down her shirt and says, points her tracheotomy scar and says, it's me, it's Savannah. She says, you know, I, 
I made it through school, I'm graduated, and uh, told her, and the doctor was just thrilled, but suddenly thinks, wait, how did you know it was me? How, how did you pick me out? And she says, oh, I recognized your voice. And she says, you could hear me? And she says, yes, as soon as I heard your voice, I knew it was you. I, I heard you talking to me. And the interesting part was the doctor was saying that at that time period, just so overworked, slightly depressed, she was really thinking about leaving uh, the medical field. Um, and she, she said it became this great sign of hope that, wow, Savannah and her family had hope, but I'm the one who didn't have hope. That the person who was unconscious, she's the one who actually could hear. So I just love that story that I like the paradox of it, that the one you think is unconscious, that's the one who really hears with ears of hope. The doctor, God bless her, she had no hope, and yet she felt like she was totally in control. And I just mentioned it for this reason. Um, I like the paradox that, wow, the person who you think is unconscious may be the one who's straining to really hear. The person who's really busy may be the one who's really missing out on the great miracle. And I mention that because this is the first Sunday of Advent. On the first Sunday of Advent, we have this season to make sure that we're awake, to make sure that this paradox that we call ourselves religious, but are we really straining to see the presence of God or just so busy with life that we've stopped listening and looking? And that's what I like about Advent, is that Advent is this time where we strain to see the world, or not see the world, see Christ. And so if you notice in the uh, readings, the first reading and the second reading had this theme of light. Are we the people that can see the light shining on the darkness? Or the gospel reading about people either are asleep or awake. And when it says asleep, it doesn't mean that they're actually sleeping. It means, sleep means just kind of unconscious. Um, and the strange part is this, is that I actually think a lot of people are kind of asleep and without much hope. I don't know why, but I think they're asleep because either they're addicted to all the drama of life, they're addicted of, oh my gosh, what are the Kardashians doing now? Or addicted to 24-hour news, so you're so revved up, you're worried about the world. But the one thing you're ignoring is the light that surrounds all of us, even in the darkness. We're the people who are supposed to be straining to see the light. Um, and uh, I, I think a lot of people, you get so caught up in life, you're like you're the doctor, trying to run around taking care of immediate needs or even superficial needs that you just stop paying attention to the light. And so... In scripture, when it says that somebody's asleep, it means they're missing out on the really important things of life, the miracles of life. Um, the opposite is to be awake. Uh, to be awake is you know what's really important. And I have to say, for me, like I just, one of the things I was bragging, actually yeah, last night to some friends, just, I'm so proud of this parish, just with like the boxes of joy. And the boxes of joy go to the really poor. Not the poor of the United States who just want a new pair of Nikes or a new iPhone, um, who have nothing. And like, this parish was overwhelming. It was like, a, I, I forget, 
like 175 boxes that we already have. And some of the boxes, you should have seen, people wrote notes to the kids. Where people wrote notes saying, um, I love you, Merry Christmas. Another one wrote a note saying, you are beloved child of God. Another family put in a picture of their Christmas tree and their dog. Um, the kids, the desperately poor, they're going to be known that they're loved just because of this parish. And I just have to say, that's just a small theometer uh, uh, degree that people are awake to what's really important. Um, so Advent, Advent is this time where we make sure for four weeks that we're awake to the true things of life and not just running around, you know, trying to keep everything with all the drama. Um, so Advent is that we're awake. Um, we're ready to welcome the light. We can see the light in a new way. So um, if you notice, think about this, and I, this always gets me. You can say that you're religious, but at the first coming of Christ, all the Jews knew the prophecy, right? They knew Christ was coming. They knew in that generation, there's, I'm going to skip the scripture for you. They knew in their lifetime, sometime in their lifetime, there's a 14 generation, it was time, the Christ was going to come. They knew the light was coming. And yet, they so many missed it. Why do you think the world has changed? We know Christ is present here among us, but many can't see the light that surrounds us. Yeah, they might be able to quote scripture and be really religious. It doesn't mean that you're really attentive and awake. If you're awake, then we can see the light coming in the darkness. And so Advent is this time that we make sure that we're not missing the coming of Christ. And I do like, like in scripture, you have Jacob. I love the Jacob story. Jacob is very selfish, and then he runs away, and he has this dream, and he is very, he doesn't even really believe in God, to be honest. Has this dream, his life was threatened by his brother, has this dream where God appears to him in a dream. And I like this, where uh, Jacob, when he wakes up, says, God is here, and I was missing him. That's the beginning of his becoming a holy man, where suddenly... For the first time in his life, he realizes God surrounds him, and he's been the one missing him. In Advent, we're the ones who want to be awake and say, oh, Christ is here among us. We just want to make sure that we can see it. Or Jesus points out Noah. In the days of Noah, everybody was busy doing their thing, but nobody knew, nobody paid attention except for Noah and his family to the one thing that was most important. We're like Noah's family. Yeah, we may be busy, but we're aware of the one thing that's most important of life, in life. Or um, uh, Jesus says, oh, there's two men working in the field. One will be taken, one won't. Two women working in the meal. What does that mean? It's not a question of being in the right place. It's a question of ha having the right heart. Where, wherever you are, you may be working. Everybody's busy. But some people's heart... They can see the light. We want to make sure we're those people. And so Advent, it means, in case you didn't know, it means the coming. But I don't like that because in the Greek, when it says coming, it doesn't mean like will happen. Actually, Advent, or the Greek can be translated coming 
or arriving, that the light has arrived. We know that. We celebrate that Christ is here among us. The question is, can we see it? So for 29 days, we have 29 days where we make sure that we can see the light, Christ, in all the places in the world, that all the places of our life. We have 29 days to make sure we're a little bit more awake than we were last year. Can we see the presence of Christ? And like, this is just me, but um, discovering Christ in new ways. We're like, this, I was talking to this guy who actually went to prison, but he said prison was the best thing that ever happened to him. You know what he discovered in prison? Christ. Um, and now that he's out of prison, he said his life is so much better. Best thing that ever happened to him. He woke up. I've talked to people who found the presence of Christ in cancer. My dad found an ALS. I want to find the light shining in, a, in the darkness. Like, so Advent happens in the darkest time of the year, but the darkness symbolizes times of cancer, sickness, or the busyness of life. I, I want to see Christ in a lot of places, um, in loneliness, in sickness, year after year. Like I, just, I can find the presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Really believe that. In the gospel, believe that. But can I find place, Christ, in the other dark places in my life? And so, for 29 days, we pray that we're people who are truly awake. And so we're going to bless our Advent wreath in a few seconds. But the symbol of the Advent wreath, which I hope you have, is this contrast between light and darkness. It's really not about the candles. It's about the light shining in the darkness. And we start with dark, just one tiny little candle. Um, and the idea is that, yeah, there's a lot of darkness in the world, but we're the people who have trained ourselves to see Christ in a new way. So an Advent spirituality is that, wow, we can see Christ uh, coming into the world. Advent, this is just me, it's not waiting for the birthday of Jesus. Um, it's more about waiting for this new birth in us, where we're more awake than ever. So it's not hoping for more from the world, it's hoping to see the world completely different where we see Christ in a completely new way. Um, sometimes I think we're all like the doctor. We're so busy and so in control, and we have all the knowledge, but we're not really attuned to the miracle that's happening in front of us. And so, like, to me, it'd be very sad to have Advent. Um, and I, I fear this. People have Advents. They put up their, their lights on their house, but really nothing in their heart ever changed. They see the world and people as they always have been. And nothing has changed. You'll celebrate Christmas, get presents. But Christmas celebrates it. Oh, I can see Christ, the presence of Christ, in a poverty-stricken situation. I can see the real presence of Christ in a way I never did before. So, we have 29 days of daily prayer to make sure we're the ones who are truly awake. I want to see Christ in a lot of places, in all the dark places. Not just the Eucharist and the gospel, but Christ in, as I said, cancer and loneliness and probably the hardest place of all, walking through Costco. Um, 
uh, you know, that's always the most difficult for me. But really, after 29 days, if we don't, if we really don't see the world any different, should we even celebrate Christmas? Why have a celebration that we can see the world differently if we put no effort into it? So in the end, I want that same kind of surprising miracle that happened with Savannah and the teenage girl to happen to us, except we're the teenage girl. We're the ones who truly can hear the voice in the darkness. We can see the light in the darkness. We're a changed people. So I beg you, take Advent serious. Let us truly awake to the presence of Christ. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcasts. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.